made it. You're finally here. To Christmas Day. That's right. That big, big end of the year holiday. And you're listening to Half Cocktails. That magical place where we like to have a good time celebrating science and the social contract and just plain old congeniality. I am alone in the lounge today. Everyone's off celebrating with their families. And uh, I don't know, maybe you are too. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to have families and friends to, to celebrate holidays with. Today's episode is brought to you by Bob Cratchit's Candle Shop. Uh, and, you know, the poverty really gives the candles an extra special glow. Oh, Bob Cratchit. Today, we've got a shortened episode. I just wanted to take some time and discuss the reason for the season, this wonderful holiday that we all celebrate in one form or another. And let's let's uh, take a little trip in the time machine and figure out how we got here. Nothing would be finer than historical diviners in our time machine. Nothing would be neater than to be a pastimes keeper in our time machine. All right. Uh, it all kind of starts with the winter solstice, right? That uh, big celestial event that marks the shortest day and longest night of the year. It's had big historical and cultural importance throughout history. All sorts of civilizations have done things linking to this event, uh, paying it honor. Lots of traditions. Uh, one of the most famous, I think, is none other than Stonehenge over in Wiltshire, England. Big, massive, stand, uh, circular pattern of standing stones arranged uh, very precisely. They think that it was constructed over several centuries. So the final form that uh, we, we can go visit today, uh, being about 4,500 years old. On the day of the winter solstice, if you are at Stonehenge at sunrise, you can see the lights come up and go through uh, stones. The, that rising sun just lines up perfectly with uh, the center axis uh, of, of the, the ring, right? just casts those light through the archways and creates this amazing, amazing laser light show almost, right? Uh, instead of lasers, sunlight show. Really emphasizes the connection to the solar calendar that we as humanity have, have had for a long time. You've got uh, many, many other sites. Uh, you've got one, uh, Newgrange in Ireland, has a, a passage tomb built over 5,000 years ago, uh, and it, it's got an inner chamber in it designed to capture the sunrise during the solstice, and it'll actually light the passageway uh, during the solstice. Over in Peru, we've got the ancient Incan, Incan site of Machu Picchu. Uh, it's got lots of structures that line up with the solstices and the equinoxes. Uh, I actually got to visit that one in person, not during a solstice kind of close to an equinox, but definitely not there for the equinox. Uh, they're uh, also over in nearby in Mexico, nearby globally speaking. Uh, we've got the Mayan ruins of Chichen Itza, and it has a very famous uh, pyramid called the El Castillo Pyramid, or the, the Castle Pyramid. There, during an equinox, these shadows create an illusion of a serpent slithering down the pyramid steps. That's got, that's got to be my favorite. Uh, so, so we know that humanity in the wintertime, 
we've, we've got these connections and we've had them for, for a very, very long time. Lots of ancient structures line up with these celestial events. They've been ceremonial centers through, throughout for, for religious festivals, uh, agricultural festivals, uh, marking the passage of time, obviously. Uh, that's almost like your, your, your calendar, right? When you don't have the written word, your calendar can be this stone structure that does this cool light show <laughs> once a year, right? Now, how did we get there from there to here one step at a time, right? Uh, uh, the transition from winter solstice to modern day Christmas, you know, we, we still have a lot of the light symbolism, right? Darkest day of the year. So we've got lights on our houses. We do candles and, and sit by the fire. Uh, lots of decorative illuminations that, uh, that, that we, that are direct carryovers to, to this, uh, this concept of, of light being the important thing. I mean, it's the darkest night. We knew that uh, just from paying attention, right? Like we knew that even just, just from paying attention to the world around us that isn't on screens, right? When you're living out in nature, you, you're really, really in tune with those stars, right? Like you can't even see in some of the big cities watch the seasons change, but the, the stars in the winter, different from the stars in the summer. But it didn't go all the way from one to the other, right? We had a whole thousands of years in between. I'd say the earliest shift was Roman festival of Saturn. We called Saturnalia. Very joyous occasion, characterized by uh, big, big feasts and buffets, giving gifts. They would have masters and slaves switch roles. Just a general atmosphere of merriment and revelry. Saturnalia typically lasted a week uh, or so, and uh, lots of socializing, uh, small small presents. They considered it a, a period of liberty, societal norms set aside. And uh, as, as, as we know, the Roman Empire adopted Christianity, uh, particularly in the fourth century under Emperor Constantine. We saw a lot of those pagan traditions merge with Christian beliefs. Uh, as Christianity spread, it became intertwined with the existing cultural practices of the time, which in course included Saturnalia. I mean, the Romans were the big boys on the block. So here we celebrated December 25th. Where's that date come from? Because that's not mentioned in the nativity story in the Bible. Well, surprisingly enough, early Christians did not celebrate Christ's birth. They just focused on the, the teachings and the resurrection stuff. Uh, but in the fourth century, Pope Julius I is the one. He set the date as December 25th. That's when we're going to celebrate the nativity of Jesus. Of course, a very conspicuous date to choose. It's <laughs> coinciding with uh, the winter solstice and the Saturnalia festival, perhaps potentially uh, capitalizing on those pagan celebrations to, kind of ease people into the new religion. Like, see, it's not so different here. Uh, yeah, that's right. The war on Saturnalia has been ongoing for thousands of years. I, for one, am not going to let it stand. Uh, the assimilation of Saturnalia's essence in, in festivals and symbols and stuff into the Christian holiday of Christmas, uh, very slow process. Elements like gift-giving, feasting, joy spirit of the season, Still got those, right? But it was over time, things like decorating uh, evergreen tree, calling it a Christmas tree. You know, that's that's a really pagan ritual. Like, I'm going to take a tree into my home. Like, there's nothing in, nothing in Judaism or Christianity that uh, 
that is uh, about evergreen trees. How could it be? Those trees didn't exist in the Middle East at the time, if ever. Maybe maybe tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years ago, it used to be jungle and deciduous forest. I don't know. What was that? Coniferous forest? I don't know. I doubt, I doubt it. But certainly not in the time frame when these religions were emerging from that area. So, so like the, the old Christmas tree, definitely more of a, a absorbing a, that pagan uh, symbol. Uh, the pagan, it was, it was a ritual to symbolize life's continuity. Uh, that kind of got sucked up into the Christmas tradition. And it kind of culminated in what we know today. Uh, take Santa Claus, for example. Very, very central, integral figure. All of that has nothing to do with, with the Christian religion Christmas, Christmas, that's more rooted in, it's a kind of an amalgamation of several different figures, including St. Nicholas, uh, the Catholic saint of generosity and gift giving. Um, yeah, the Dutch figure, Sinter Nicholas, probably based on St. Nicholas as well. But it wasn't until the 1930s and the Coca-Cola company did an ad campaign that created this uh, uh, smiling jolly, fat, bearded man that we understand is, is, is Santa Claus that, yeah, yeah. An ad campaign. And, and it's kind of fitting because the commercialization of the holiday has been so thorough. Uh, every, you know, it's like, Hey, here's this great excuse to give each other gifts. Well, you better spend money to do it. Nobody likes that homemade shit. (laughs) I want gift cards. I want my electronics. Hopefully, your family traditions include some homemade gift giving and putting certainly putting some thought into it, which was the I think the original spirit in any of these festivals, be they Saturnalia or Christmas, the spirit of of generosity and gift giving is is to please the other person, right? So unless those are like ah, cash is what pleases me the most. That was my one of my brothers growing up would have rather just gotten his Christmas gifts and cold hard cash. Maybe you're like that. Let us know in the comments. Anyway, however, that's kind of the, the general gist of moving from winter solstice and less light worship to where we are today, where we've got these all these different cultural stuff kind of like vacuumed up into one amalgamation. So would people want to celebrate this season however they wish? I like to try and be respectful. And somebody says, Merry Christmas. I'll say Merry Christmas. They say Happy Holidays. I'll say Happy Holidays. Just mirror it back because to me, it's about having the shared celebration. And I don't want to, I don't, I don't think what we call it is too important. If you want to call it Saturnalia or the winter solstice, or you want to call it Christmas, I don't care. We're all trying to celebrate togetherness, goodwill, generosity, feasting. And uh, with that, folks, have a wonderful holiday. Merry Yuletide Festivus for the rest of us. Thank you for joining us all the way to the end. I know it wasn't a super long time, but uh, hopefully you've got other stuff to do anyway. And enjoy it. Like, share, rate, subscribe. Got all the fancy links there in the episode description. And we'll be back at you next week with uh, some more great times here. The Half Cocktails Lounge. Until then, be well. Mm-hmm.